Exactly, Issa. Welcome back to another episode of Pretty Suited Podcast, where we discuss career, culture, and the commitment to living our best lives. I'm your host, Lauren A., and I am so excited to be here today. Um, Honestly, I'm still kind of on a high a little bit because last night, a friend of mine invited me to an event where you had singers, poets, and rappers who were able to come and like sing and, and showcase their art. And it was really a good thing. So last night uh, we went to this event and I'm not going to lie, like the way these people had so much passion um, in developing their art and just showcasing their art. When I say like I haven't heard live poetry in so long, honestly, like we're not going to say that poetry was not a thing in the early 2000s. I'm not going to age myself, but in the early 2000s, we had the neo-soul era where people had, we had a whole bunch of brown on, a whole bunch of neutral colors, and had a hat, little Kango hat or the little you know, Applejack hat to the side, and we swore we were Love Jones in there, okay? And um, people just had a wave of, of being poets. You know, I don't know. <laughs> it's so funny because I just love when a a lot of times black people get together in a room and we will throw on some throwback music, whether it's some Anita Baker, Ron Isley, or we could play some SWV, Total Escape, stuff like that. And when we get to singing as a collective, what? That is just a good time. So that's what ended up happening. And I'm not going to lie, I had a great time. And I was carrying a little note in there. I was, I was, I was doing a little, <clears throat> you know, a little something, something. Of course, you had real singers in there. So, you know, I wasn't too loud. <laughs> but I did enjoy myself in a room of people who was really trying to do the same thing. So I really appreciate that. And I definitely going to be going to more events like that. Because honestly, and truly, I would much rather a concert performance of people singing, um, you know, being active and engaging with the artists, as well as an artist having a live band behind them. Then you go into an event where somebody's playing something over a track and you've heard it 10 million times before. That that's cool. I mean, that's cool. But I think that that atmosphere um, and maybe I'm just getting old because, you know, we swapping down that our parents just kept going to these Gap Band concerts. And we thought that was something we were like, why y'all guys keep seeing these people in the park with <laughs> performing and whatnot. But I have turned into that person. I have turned into that person. So yes, you can find me on somebody's lawn with my little picnic blanket and my and my snacks and my wine. And I'm enjoying the old school 80s, 90s, 2000s records. That's just what it is. I have turned into that woman and I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. So <laughs> I will say though, as much as a good time that I did have with my friend, I still feel a little bit uneasy being in a tight room with a bunch of people. I know I can't be the only one who still has a little bit of like a, you know, <laughs> I'm covering my mouth in my, I'm covering my mouth, you know, or my nose a little bit, especially when you walking by a crowd of people, I could just be crazy, but, or just, you know, working in healthcare, you just never lose that, that idea of this can be something transmitting up in here. So, um, I still felt a little uneasy, but after all the singing and carrying on, um, I really enjoyed myself. So, 
So today I wanted to just hop into a topic that me and my friend were talking about. You know, we kind of sparked up a conversation about getting what's yours. Like, what does that even look like? Getting what's yours in today's age, in today's time. What does that look like when everybody's doing the same thing? Um, how does that look in a corporate environment? So, so, so getting what's yours, what does that mean? I think that the key thing when it comes to getting what's yours is really just a self-actualization that I deserve this, right? I deserve to be able to do something that I enjoy or do something or get something that is owed to me. I deserve that. I've done the work. I put in the time. I have develop the skill set to be able to go move forward and go to the next step. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, Part of that means you have to stand up for yourself. You have to advocate for yourself. And that can be scary. Saying that uh, you have all these things, you checked off all the boxes, but now you have to literally come out of your mouth and say and speak up for yourself and ask for that raise, ask for that promotion or ask for somebody to, you know, um, treat you with respect or ask for ask or ask for commitment or ask for, you know, somebody to respect your boundaries. Like speaking up for yourself is half the battle. Because yeah, you could feel all day long that you deserve something, but if that sentiment isn't, you know, explained or stated, you're going to feel a constant sense of resentment because you feel like, oh, I am owed something and nobody gave it to me versus I spoke up for myself and I, you know, the worst thing they could do is say no, or I put my feelings out there and, you know, it was accepted or rejected. But when you're trying to put yourself in an environment to get what it is that you want or deserve, you can go about it in several different ways. I have seen people literally kiss behind. I mean, we talk about brown nosing, it couldn't get any more brown, like literally, And when we say brown nosing, we mean people pleasing, right? Uh, Making sure that you're going overextending yourself for the sake of one person so that they can either see you, acknowledge you, or get you you what you want. And there's nothing wrong with doing a little schmoozing, right? I've schmoozed before. And schmoozing, like, you know, uh, uh, complimenting somebody on something, um, being helpful if they need it for a particular project or if it's my partner making, helping them make a decision with something. That's not necessarily brown nosing. That might be more just being helpful, but I have been, I've understand that my actions towards that person could result in something that they're more favorable towards me. Let's just put it that way. And so, yeah, a little bit doesn't hurt. A little, a little bit of, of schmoozing doesn't hurt. But when you are literally bending over backwards and overextending yourself or going above and beyond for a person or a situation so that way you can get what you want, uh, I, I don't really know how I feel about that. I don't. Um, because honest, understand this, you know, a lot of times people can literally, their personality can literally just be a a catapult into their success. Honestly, we just, you just being a likable person can get you far as well. You don't have to, you know, be disingenuine 
in your approach to things just because you want something in return. That's like the equivalent of your boyfriend giving you a massage just because he want to have sex. It's like, dang, I can't just get a massage, you know, or, or you just doing something for the sake of getting some return. That's disingenuine. Um, and I think that's when we get into the conversation of somebody being nice versus them being kind. Um, I think I read somewhere I was watching, um, so I think it was Amanda Seals and she had, she posted something about the difference between New Yorkers versus people in LA. And I think that this mean, this, this is very true because, um, I've met people from both places and I've been to New York and things like that. So I can see this, this difference. They said that if people in New York are kind, but not nice. And then people from LA are nice, but not kind. And when you think about it, you're like, I kind of get it because honestly, people from New York, they will tell you the blunt, honest truth. It don't, it's not really packaged right in a big, pretty bow, you know, but you'll get, they'll get their point across or whatever case may be. Now they can be mean, but of course they, sometimes they're not just overtly mean. They're just not with the pleasantries for no reason. And so that is what I would consider somebody being kind because they can help you out. I've seen New Yorkers jump in and help an old lady out if they were being mugged or, you know, I've seen them just show acts of kindness where, Hey, I genuinely want what's best for you in this moment, but I'm not going to just necessarily wrap it in a big package bow just so that it looks good, but you are still getting the result of, of my kindness. That is a lot different than somebody just being nice just for the sake of being nice, right? So like niceness, like, oh my gosh, how you doing? And just smiling and being very pleasant and being very passive. But in the background, you know, you can't stand my guts. You don't want what's best for me. It's not genuine. Um, I'm not saying everybody in LA acts like that. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that you could tell the difference in the intention of the, of the act. Somebody who's just being nice to you, you don't know if their action is genuine or not. They just probably just don't want to be confrontational. They just don't want to have to deal with your mouth or whatever case may be. And it's just not a genuine act. You could miss me with that. I, I don't think I would like that. Um, so when you're talking about, you know, get going after what's yours, you just being a genuinely kind person goes a, a lot farther than you being passive aggressive, just very phony, fake and, and surface level and superficial. I personally, this is just how I feel. Um, I've been able to be successful and just showing respect and kindness toward people, even if they don't show it towards me, just showing up as the bigger person oftentimes has gotten me far. And I think that that is applicable in relationships. It's applicable at work. Um, and, and I think that a lot of people just based off of corporate culture, we're always taught to just be real extra, just be extra phony. I'm just, I'm gonna be honest, just be real extra phony just for the sake of you thinking, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. And I don't think that that's true. I've, I'm not going to be overtly mean or nasty towards somebody, but I'm not going to be just overly pleasant just because that's just what you want from me. Eh. Mm. You like I said, a little brown nosing is cool, but I don't, I'm not, I'm not doing all that. <laughs> just, um, 
And it does work for me. That works for me. And I, you know, if if you have a different story or if, if you want to, you know, hold strong to just being kind, just for the sake of being kind, then do you, but it's just me personally. Um, I think that, um, I want my actions to be genuine and I genuinely have respect for people and I'm genuinely kind. And that just has worked for me. Um, I think too, when you're going after what it is that you want or being an advocate for yourself, I think that you should have boundaries. Like we talked about overextending yourself. A lot of times, if you're working your way towards, you know, um, a promotion or something like that, you'll put in maybe extra time at work. Um, let's say if they'll have you working extended hours, for example, they'll be like, Hey, can you stay till like 10 PM and, uh, or whatever, work on this until a certain time. Um, so we really got to get this done. There's nothing wrong with, you know, here and there, you have to do what you have to do to complete the project. Now I will say that time management comes into the play because you really want to be able to be proactive and try to get things done early. So you're not being reactive. However, if it becomes a reoccurring thing, a reoccurring thing of, you know, every time we have a project or every time we have a task that everybody has to stay over or I, are you asking me specifically to stay over past the time that I need to be here just to complete something, uh, we got to have, have a conversation. We're going to have to have a conversation because that's just a lack of boundaries. You know, that conversation could go a lot like, you know, hey, I really would like to be able to complete this project. You know, that is a goal. Um, I think that we probably need to shift gears on the next project to where we're more proactive in our working um, so that where we're not playing catch up in the end and um, overextending ourselves and having burnout. And hopefully that that leader or if you're the leader, you're receptive to the idea of that because you don't want to have a a, a group of people who resent you for overextending them just because, you know, piss poor planning. No, that's, that's not cool. So setting boundaries is very important in a relationship. I think too, that goes, you know, a long way. Um, especially if you find yourself dealing with someone, someone where you're doing more for them than they are for you. Now this can get a little tricky because we understand that people receive and give love in different ways. So you can't sit up here and say, oh, well, I bought you this and you only bought me this. So you don't love me like I love you. Uh, that can get a little bit, you know, subjective and you can't really measure it like that. However, we know, we know when someone um, is not giving their all in a situation and you end up feeling like uh, your, your love and your actions aren't being reciprocated. We understand what that looks like. So that's why I think that, you know, setting boundaries, even with that person saying, hey, um, I noticed that, you know, I've been, you know, making compromises. I've been being accommodating towards you in a situation and not to the point where it becomes a tit for tat, but I just want to make sure that you are, you know, feeling the same way as I am, that you are putting your efforts into the relationship as I am and that we're on the same page because I don't want to be in a situation where, you know, I'm not feeling appreciated or I'm starting to resent you because I don't feel appreciated. So, Setting boundaries can get you what you want to, because a lot of times people just don't even know that they're doing things, 
right? They could just be la 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 going with the flow, and you had they had no idea that they were being dismissive of you. So I think that you setting boundaries can get you what you need too. You can get them to stop and just be like, hey, maybe I do need to show more appreciation for them because. Um, that can just be something that they just weren't aware of. So speaking of not getting what you deserve, I was reading a headline. Um, I watched this movie way back when, um, the blind side with Sandra Bullock. Um, I believe she won an Oscar for that. And I watched it so long ago that I can barely remember the movie, but I do know that this young man was a football player who grew up homeless. I think something happened to his parents and he um, was basically raised um, by this Caucasian couple who took him in um, and, you know, got him through high school and then kind of, I think he went to college into the football, National Football League, you know, eventually. However, it was a, it was a great story. You know, you cried, you, Sandra Bullock did her thing and you was just like, oh, this is a nice story. Well, in 2023, <laughs> homeboy comes around and says that um, these those people tricked him, like tricked him into signing a conservatorship um, like Britney Spears and basically said that we're not adopting you. You're not going to be our full son, even though you calling me mom and dad. We're not adopting you, but if you decide to, you know, maybe get paid or you get a deal or some kind of contract, we are the ones that get the benefits of that because you, um, even though you're in your sound mind and body, we are the beneficiaries of that. Like that is insane to me. I mean, I, Britney Spears situation was a little bit different because you kind of can understand, um, you know, maybe at a young age, you know, that she might make irresponsible decisions with her money. So as a parent, you want to, you know, be helpful and, and, and make sure that they're not getting gypped and you're looking over the contracts and all these things. That's fine. However, if you are an adult who is of sound mind and body, you should be able to make your own decisions. And so when they tricked him into thinking it was some kind of, you know, adoption, but it was really just a control over his money. I think that that is completely foul. That's foul. And so he wants his money back, you know, because they, of course, they got millions, not only just from him being in the NFL and playing in college and all these things, but for the movie, because, you know, they had to basically get his rights to be able to play him. So, yeah, they got paid. And so with that being said, now years later, after all the residuals and, and, and the money that came through, he's like, I want my cut. They cheated me and that ain't right. So now he did mention too that he wanted Sandra Bullock to give her Oscar back. I think that's a little bit much because she worked hard. She ain't had nothing to do with it. Okay. She, she was just signed. She just showed up and, and did her job. Okay. But I think that, yes, he should end that conservatorship and definitely get his cut of what um, they got. Because absolutely, this is my likeness. What do you mean I'm not getting paid? That's You can't have a story without me. So, yes. Um, so, but he, he's doing the right thing. Now, it's been years. So, but no, but, but who cares, right? He, it's been years, but he is taking a stance and standing up for himself and, and, and making sure he get is what is owed to him. And that's setting boundaries. That's being, you know, um, that's doing the right thing in my book. 
Um, I just thought that that was an interesting story because I think that we've all seen the blind side. That was such a big movie. And to see that he was treated that way, or they was tricked into basically signing his rights away and he wasn't getting a, a, nothing. He wasn't getting anything from that. That's insane. And they were getting millions and their kids is getting fed, but not him. And he wasn't adopted for real. <laughs> That's, that is insane that they did that. And I'm, you know, no, that's not right. So kudos to that guy. I hope we get all the money that's owed to him um, because, yeah. So I was reading um, MSNBC. I was reading MSNBC's website, just looking over like the business and stuff like that. Because I just like to look at headlines when it comes to, you know, business and things like that. And I read this um, article um, regarding this woman by the name of Mika Brzezinski. I think that's her name. Um, she made some really good points in this article because, you know, all in the same breath of just trusting yourself, knowing who you are, knowing your worth. And in this article, she made mention about women becoming, you know, more comfortable for speaking up for themselves whether it's especially in the workplace. And she said, oftentimes women are just way too uncomfortable asking for money during negotiations. Like if you're getting a job and you want, you know, you to get paid with your worth based on your skill set or your credentials or whatever, you should be able to ask for that. I think oftentimes we kind of get to like this little shy mode where we're like, I guess I can ask for more money than what they're offering, but I don't want to rock the boat. So I'm not going to ask for anything, but little do you know, in the corporate world, in human resources, they should, they expect you to ask for more money. They expect you to be able to negotiate um, something that, you know, is better suited for you. So even if it's something that's a, like we said before, a flexible schedule, um, benefits, compensation, or more money and, and more base salary, um, they expect you to do something. So, um, we kind of have to get out of our mind that, you know, we're rocking the boat when we're trying to advocate for ourselves when it comes to negotiating, like negotiation in itself, honestly, it's a whole science. Um, there are several books, seminars, you know, things that really talk about the science of negotiating. Now, I'm not that, you know, well versed in that area. However, I do understand that the power of speaking up for yourself when it comes to you getting compensated for a job. So I'm all for that. And and she made it also a valid point that, you know, the difference between men and women when it comes to negotiating, like, um, oftentimes men, they're like, look, I'm coming to the room. They may not even really feel this way, but they have to basically feel like I'm coming into the room. I'm going to be all of you out the water. I uh, give me what I deserve. I demand respect. And that's just kind of the bravado. A lot of times that men carry. And I'm not saying that women have to be men. Let, let's not get into that conversation because we all know how that's the climate, the, the touchy conversation of the masculinity of the woman. However, I think that when it comes to getting what you're owed and when it comes to me performing a job and you expect results from me, so I respect to be compensated for those results. Yes. Advocate for yourself, kind of carry that same energy a little bit when you're when you're when you're doing your negotiation. Um, she even went as far as to say that when you're doing a, a meeting with somebody, the, the meeting should feel uncomfortable. Now, 
I wouldn't go that far, but I understand what she's saying. And when it comes to, let's say if you were, um, a sales engineer or a, you know, VP of sales, something like that. And you're trying to acquire something from another business. You, yes, you want the deal to be fair, but you also don't want nobody to bulldoze you into doing something to where they are at advantage and you're not right. So if you're a woman, especially if you're doing a deal between a man and a woman, you don't really want the man to think that just because he's a man that he is able to, you know, outsmart you or, or, or take advantage of you. But at the same time, you don't want to have a stick swinging contest either with him. Um, because that's just, you know, not what it is. But I feel like if the room is a little bit uncomfortable, if you got your ducks in a row and your facts straight and you're demanding, you know, respect and, um, fairness, um, if they feel a little comfortable, they just feel a little uncomfortable. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Cause they may not be expecting that just based off of misogyny and patriarchy and all that. But I feel like if you feel uncomfortable, but I'm getting, I'm speaking up for myself, then you just got to feel uncomfortable. That has nothing to do with me. I'm sorry to hear that, but about this money, <laughs> like, <laughs> about, about this deal. Okay. Um, and it's just, you know, something that you have to practice, I guess I have to do it too. I, you know, I have to practice being, you know, able to articulate my desires in, 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 in not only at work, but in my relationships, you know, of course, choose your battles. You, you know, there's wars and then there's battles, right? You can lose a couple of battles, but win the war. Okay. Like my grandma said, but you still don't ever want to lose sight of the bigger picture. And that is both sides leaving, um, in, in some kind of, you know, fairness, because a lot of times if people are just doing things, but you never voiced how they should be treating you, then they're going to do what it is that benefits them in the end most times. So now we're going to get into our watch list of the week. So this week's watches of the week, um, I'm going to throw it back. I'm going to throw it back to a show that um, I just recently started rewatching again on Netflix. And that is Half and Half. Um, Half and Half was really a part of that run of just black sitcoms that came on UPN in the early 2000s. Um, I think it was uh, uh, Jamie Foxx. It was Half and Half, One on One um, Wayne's brothers. It was a whole bunch of shows that came on and like UPN, um, channel 13. That's, that's crazy that I remember that, (laughs) but UPN, um, and it, those were great shows. It was a time, it was a time when we really had great scripted black television. Um, and I was actually proud to, you know, see women that looked like us and, and, and were respectable and responsible women. I think in half and half, you had two sisters, of course, who shared the same father, but did not have the same mother, but they lived in the same building. And yes, when I was younger, I watched the show. It was cool. But as an adult woman who is rewatching this show, it resonates so much more. Oh my goodness. Like I'm watching this show and Mona, which is one of the sisters, she is pretty much an irky, a quirky 
you know, eclectic type of woman who just has dating issues because she has mommy and daddy issues. Honestly, she is, has her guard up all the time, very judgmental, very pessimistic about things. And you're like, why is she acting like this? But when you kind of dig a little deeper into what she went through, you know, with her father and her mother, you're like, oh, I see her parents are crazy too. And so as you know, you, as you grow up, just like I always say, you adapt to that crazy in some kind of way. So as an adult, you know, she has developed these mechanisms that, oh my gosh, it it makes for hilarious TV. Honestly, like you're, you're laughing at her and with her at the same time, because you see yourself in a lot of that too. You like, dang, I'm kind of, I'm kind of guarded like that too. Or, and I had a situation that was similar like that and I pro- and I behaved kind of the same way a little bit or, you know, I wouldn't have done that or whatever the case. And then you have her sister, Dee Dee, who she thinks she's like the quintessential princess because she was raised with the father, but they had money and everything, unlike Mona. But Dee Dee has her own problems. You know, she's very entitled. She's very lazy when it comes to, you know, going out there and getting her own. You know, she's very, um, she kind of has a very naive to a lot of things. So I think that both of them, you know, share a lot of characteristics that a lot of women, uh, especially black women have today. And it's just fun to see it play out when now that I'm in my adult years, it makes more sense. So I'm still on season one now, but I'm definitely going to keep watching because that show is just absolutely hilarious. Like, especially in the moms too, the moms are going at each other. It's, it's so funny. Like the jokes, I'm like, dang, it's a shade. Okay the shade (laughs) so now we're going to get into our tune of the week and this week's tune of the week features a woman who is i mean i'm talking about one of the greatest writers um and artists that we have right now in this generation um and it's uh, and, and it's so crazy because she is just now getting her credit Like I just said that she's one of the greatest writers and artists that we have, but she's just now getting her credit. Um, We're talking about Victoria Monet. Victoria Monet um, has written for all of your favorites, all of Ariana Grande's hits. She's written them um, for most, for the most part. Um, She's written for Beyonce. She's written for um, Taylor Swift. She's written for so many different people. And Victoria Monet has a style to where it's kind of like a young homegirl, but she is also growing into her own um, womanhood. And right now she's making her waves as her own artist. And she just came out with a song called On My Mama. Man, I have been jamming this song uh, all week. The video is fire okay um let, let's talk about that let's bring back good videos okay because you know like I said I come from an era where you know the music was better and the videos definitely were better too and this video for oh my mama she really brought out the the recipe for a good video she had great dancers she had a great wardrobe she looked 
fantastic. She did her thing and she basically had like a theme to where, you know, the song is just basically highlighting um, how you're, you know, you're, you're, you're doing your thing as a woman on my mama, on my hood. I look fly. I look good. And it's, it takes a sample from um, a song that came back way back that had the same lyrics. And she just basically flipped it in her chorus and then made an R and B song from it. And she was giving Sierra vibes, you know, with the, and the Sierra and Aaliyah vibes with the dancing and the choreography and, you know, the clothes and everything she wore, she was wearing Jabos, like, <laughs> Let's talk. She was wearing Jabos and I haven't seen Jabos in so long. Like the Jabo jeans. What? She was wearing that. She was wearing big, tall white tees. Like the video was just great. And the song is great too. So check that out. It's the, it's the end of the summer song. Absolutely. Cause summer's about ready to get up out of here. Um, but the end of the summer song is called on my mama by Victoria Monet. Check it out. Check it out. It is so good. So that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you again for tuning in as always. Um, If you like this episode, please um, like, share, and subscribe. Like I said, we're getting ready to start incorporating some interviews. So please leave a comment, uh, DM me, or leave a message uh, in the comment section about what kind of, you know, um, professionals you'd like to see. If you want to see artists, if you want to see teachers, if you want to see healthcare professionals, things like that. So that we can have, you know, honest conversations, you know, amongst ourselves. Like I said, um, we're talking about career culture and just the commitment to being our best selves, um, whatever that looks like, right. As a millennial professional. So I do want to leave you with this though. You cannot manifest anything that you don't feel worthy of. So create the life that you want and look to the sky for grace. As always, as always, take care of yourself. I'll see you next time. Bye.